Hello, I'm Graham Hall and this is Talking Dogs. I've been training dogs with all kinds of temperaments, nervous, aggressive, stubborn, cheeky, for over a decade and that's earned me the name The Dog Father. As well as working with owners one-to-one and being on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly, I made this podcast as a way to share even more of my knowledge and advice because I won't rest until every dog and every owner is happy and confident. Stick around because in a little bit we'll hear from someone who's concerned the family Labrador has suddenly become scared, well, of her in particular. But first, I want to catch up with a lovely man I met recently for the telly show. Now, you might recognise Ray. He had a bit of a difficult relationship with one of his dogs for a while. Ray, you got me in because your relationship with your Welsh terrier, Henry, was reaching breaking point and it was affecting your marriage too. So, Ray, what was going on? What, why, why did you decide you needed some help? Well... I um, decided, well, I didn't actually decide, my wife did, because at the end of the day, Tammy's at work and I'm at home because I'm retired with this dog and he wouldn't let me leave the room to do simple things like go upstairs to have a shower and he, he tried to kill me. Um, as you know from your visit here, we got the little gate out the back garden and he wouldn't let me go out there to get to the car park. And yeah. it got so stressful that I said to my wife, I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, I, I'm going to get rid of Henry. I said, I just can't do it. And Tammy said, well, if Henry goes, I go. And it was really getting stressful. So just out of the blue, Tammy comes home from work and says, I've contacted dogs behaving badly and they've got back to me. It is an interesting thing, I think, that um, that dogs can get us like that. And I remember when I was chatting to you, you said you got to a point anyway where you called Tammy at work, I think, one day and said, that's it. I've had enough. This dog's got to go. And I think for you, the problem was that you were, it was a pressure cooker, wasn't it? You were were there all the time with him. You couldn't get away, could you? No, no, it was was really bad. I mean, at the end of the day, I've had lots of dogs in my life and never ever come across a situation that we found ourselves in with with Henry here. He was an absolute Mm. nightmare, to be fair. And I just reached the end of my tether. Uh, and why did you think, before you called it, why did you think it was only it was only you that Henry was having to go out? It's, I think it's because I'm home all day long. I think he decided it was he was in charge of me rather than me being the boss. But I didn't recognise that at the time. It was only you pointed that out to me. But I just think he had issues with me leaving the home. Tammy wants to go upstairs, not a problem. If I want to go upstairs, that's when he kicked off. So I think it was just him trying to control me. I didn't realise that till you pointed it out. Yeah, so what, what did you think when I first suggested that, that, that actually your demeanour might have been the problem? Well, I actually did say to you when you first came here, I think you're going to have your work cut out with this one because I don't think he's going to be able to change his attitude. But, mm. well, you know, half an hour later, there you are with me sitting here with my mouth wide open in total <laughs> disbelief what, of what you were doing. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the time, you know, I, I, I rock up and think, yeah... I, I too think, you know, I might have my work cut out here. And often, though, it's not how quickly can the can the dog change what they're thinking, it's how can the person change what they're doing. And I think it was very much like that with you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's talk about the the training techniques and what we did. So what I sort of recognised straight away, really, was, was that everything had become a bit of a rush. So because he was having a go at you, he, so he was barking, rushing you, wasn't he? And he was, he was biting at your at your feet mainly. The laces were getting it, but he'd, he'd bitten you in, in the past as well. You couldn't get out the door. So 
and I sort of twigged that because of that, what happened was you were preempting things. So before you even got up, you knew there was going to be a problem. And dogs are experts at body language. So it, everything then became this this 100 mile an hour rush to get out the door. Um, so I thought, right, I need to turn that on its head. So I need to slow things down for you and give him a, a chance to think, really. So a very big part of the training was, OK, well, what happens if we give him something to do a job to do to get him to to think because you know he's a welsh terrier so you know terriers sort of working dogs they they're actually quite good at waiting normally and he certainly wasn't doing that with you um and the way i think of it is is this i've seen so many terriers jack russells all sorts of terriers that will wait and wait and wait and wait for a treat right and then you tell them to go and then they'll have the treat but they're really good at that hanging around bit and, and I think it's in their nature, because if you think about going hunting for rabbits and small animals, the sort of thing they were bred for, there's an awful lot of hanging around and waiting <laughs> and, until something pops his head up, you know? So I think it's just in the terrier's nature to wait. So I thought, let's trigger that. Let's get a bit of that going. And, and so it was a stay technique, in effect. And I always think with stay, there's two sides of it. There's distance, how far you can get away, and there's time, how long will he hang around for? Now, the important thing is that we're going back and rewarding him for staying put, because previously he got a kick out of rushing towards you, and I wanted to turn that on its head, right? So actually, you're going to get rewarded for staying put. So so if you, if you simply stay and we'll, we'll make that one or two seconds, we can build up the time, um, you know, we'll go back to him, give him a treat, whatever. And then, secondly, it was about distance. Once you've got him to sit in front of you, nice and calmly, can you move a bit further? Can you get to the door? Could you get to the front door of the house and get out and back in again? Well, turns out you could, couldn't you? Yes, I could. After your, how you, you showed me all the errors of my way, um, it was um, an astonishing transformation as to how far I could get. And as you rightly say, I could get to the front door and go out the door and come back in again, and he was still sitting where I left him. Never mm. been known. He was two years old by the time you came here, and I've had two years of, of the stress of this dog, but there he was within an hour or so, sitting there and waiting for me to go out the door and come back in again. It was an eye-opener as to what you could do with a dog, you know, knowing how to train the situation. I think that's right, and it, it, I think it was quite emotional for you, really, at the end. It looked like two years of relief just off your shoulders in one moment when, when we were chatting. It was. I mean, to be fair, as you know, I mean, I actually got a little bit emotional. I, I'm not happy mm. that I did, but I did, um, because <laughs> I never thought there'd be a day where I could actually do what I can do with him now. I mean, he's, yeah. to be fair, he's still not great. He's still not great. He's still... He's still in training process, and I think this training okay. that we've got with him will be ongoing for a long time. But I'm happy mm. with what he's doing because it's a different dog completely to what it was before you you came here. So mm. you know, it's the training's still ongoing with him, but I do it on a daily basis. I was really glad. I mean, the emotion that I felt on that day was just unbelievable. It's it's an interesting thing that you say because I always say to me, look, I, I'll, I'll come out, and the only promise I'll give you is that I'll do my best. I can never sort of promise what the outcome was going to be until we get stuck in but with Henry as you say on the day it was a it was a very quick transformation I mean I was surprised too you know pleasantly surprised but you do get those and it's great but always always afterwards it's a case of keep it up it's not as though I come out with a magic wand and go ka-ching that's your dog fix like you know changing a part in a washing machine you know job done and it I think it is always an ongoing process so once you're on the right track 
you can practice the right thing, can't you? And I think that's really the difference. But yeah, good for you for, for keeping it up. It's a case of mm. having to keep it up because even now, if I try to go upstairs to go and have a shower now, um, if I say to my wife, if I say to Tammy, right, I'm going up for a shower, he knows that's a trigger word for him. And mm-hmm. he understands that word. And he's at the door before I am. So I have to go and get treats and go through the whole training process and make him sit so I can go into the shower. So he's still not learnt that he's not got to do it. I still have to do the training with him. Uh, okay, right, fine. Well, uh, let me give you a bit of extra advice on that. Then. So um, what you need to do now is fade out the treats and introduce that trigger word now and again and desensitise him. So what I would do is, while you're still doing the treat thing, I would occasionally say, I'd just drop the word shower in or you know, say the phrase that you say, I'm going to go upstairs. It could be upstairs as well, you know, right? So what you do is you start to introduce those words, not to rev him up, quite the opposite. You keep everything calm, like we saw you doing on the telly, you know. And and he starts to go, yeah, I hear those words all the time. That's just not a big deal. And it doesn't become a game. But also with any training with, with treats or actually any kind of reward, anything that you're putting in all the time to start with, um, you then fade out so that you're not stuck with, I have to use the treat forever with this dog. So, for example, if you if you tell him to sit and he sits, um, you think, yeah, good lad. He's like, right, come on, then there's a treat coming. Yeah, okay, there's a treat. Next time, he's like, no, no treat this time, but there might be next time. And the first time you don't give him a treat, it won't be broken. I promise you that. He, he'll still be thinking, well, that's odd, but maybe next time. And then if you make it random you can start to make it less and less times that he gets a treat. So it's actually the psychology of gambling, Ray. So he's he's thinking it's always worth doing what he says because you never know. There might be a treat, there might not. There isn't every time, but it's worth doing it. They get kind of hooked on good behaviour. I have to say I have been adopting that attitude because obviously I keep the bag of treats out the, by the back door and I want to go upstairs and I'm, near the, you know, I'm no, nowhere near the treats. So I have actually started to adopt ah. the no-treat situation, but it's quite funny because my wife Tammy will be sat there and she laughs at him because I make him sit so I can go out the door and if he doesn't uh, stay, I do what you taught me to do, I back him up until eventually yeah. he sits. But then he starts crying, he goes, oh, oh really? Do I have to <laughs> sit here? Oh, no. But I do get out the door. But you, and he actually yeah. starts making that really straight. He goes, oh, oh no. And it's really quite funny. But he has learnt. Well, if you compare that to what you had before, he wasn't He wasn't like, oh, please come back to me. Oh, like, no. I'm, I'm after you. He says, yeah. you're not going anywhere. So, I'm going to rip you to pieces. <laughs> one of my funny memories uh, of, of that shoot was when we brought Tammy back in to show her how well you'd done. And you demonstrated it to, to her and I thought I wonder what word she's going to use uh, and it was flabbergasted I'm flabbergasted tell, tell Graham how you felt when you, we showed you how Henry had um, improved I was super flabbergasted brilliant I love that sounds so much better with an American it does doesn't it he was brilliant oh. well that's alright I'll settle for super flabbergasted <laughs> Can I add something to this uh, chat, which wasn't anything to do with what you were doing here in the house? Because since then, since you've been here, I've started letting him off lead over one of our parks, the best park just down the road. I'm now letting him off his lead with Holly, the other one. And his recall has improved vastly because of the training I've been doing with him at home. He's now coming back to me on recall because I carry treats with me. So I say to people, I'm now confident enough to let him off his lead in certain areas because of your training, because you showed me how 
how I could do it. And it's improved his life and my life immensely, even going out for walks. That's really interesting because we didn't do any outside training at all, did we? But often these things do have a knock-on effect because it's two things. He's starting to see you in a different light, not not as his play thing, but as actually, you know, his dad had better listen to him. But also, yeah, there's a reason I would want to come back. So again, with your treats, Ray, make them a bit more variable. Sometimes you run back, you get a treat. Sometimes you don't. You never know. It's always worth it. Exactly right. Yeah. And I found that oh, he's, your, your, um, your um, distraction thing... So if I can find a decent stick that they can both chase, he loves mm -hmm. chasing a stick and bringing it back to me. And he's far more yeah. obedient when they've got something to focus on, like the stick, which, yeah. again, you, you, you explained that to me as well, getting him, get him to focus on something else, and it's worked. Brilliant. One, one thing you can do with a stick, the, the one thing to be careful of with a stick is sometimes if you throw them, they can land oddly, and there have been cases where dogs have got injured because the, the stick goes jamming down their throats, you know, if it gets at the wrong angle. So a safer bet, um, you can buy kind of artificial sticks, for want of a better word, you know, you'll find them down the pet shop, rub, rub, sort of tough rubber long things that, that act like a stick, and that's a, a better bet. But that, the principle of that's great. One of the other problems that we we had was, um, well, he, how do I put this? He, he really likes shoelaces, doesn't he? <laughs> How's that going? It was going really, really well until I uh, until my neighbour came around Christmas to give us a Christmas card and popped in for a, a quick chat. And uh -huh. as she she got up to go, because it was like, all right, we're, we're off now, off they go. And she stood up and started walking towards the front door. And Henry was in there like, like bat out of hell, grabbed her shoelaces and start pulling on her legs. Like, I'm, you're oh. not going anywhere. And I thought, oh no, all this training I've done, and he's been really good. Um, mm. But he did it to them. But then my daughter came round and, and a friend of hers to give me a Christmas cake, and he did it to them, all because mm. she decided it was time to go, and she went off too fast. And I said, uh. no, 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 you can't go. You've got to go slowly. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And because I wasn't ready. He still goes back into his old ways, but if I've got, yeah. if I'm ready for it, I can control it. Right, fine, and well, that's fine, and that's realistic. So, I mean, the thing to remember is he's going to make mistakes. You know, none of us are perfect. Um, the, the perfect dog hasn't been born yet. I think when you're halfway through something. Um, you know that thing in life where you, you, you're learning something and you go, oh, I've done it again. You kick yourself, you know. It's a bit like that. But the, the important thing about this is you know why he's doing it now and it's that fast movement. So what's happened there is when somebody's moved a bit quick, he's gone, oh, oh, and he's gone back to his old thing. So I, I think that's understandable. You've just got to work on that. And, yeah, if you can get visitors to move a bit more slowly, that will help. But over time where you want to get to is that you desensitise them to it so it doesn't really matter how quickly people move anymore it's just that's not what you do you don't try and rip their shoe off <laughs> but he's not doing it to me or Tammy now so that's the main thing he was he was doing it to me yeah. and Tammy trying to go out the back gate I can now get him I can now get him to stay on the decking like he was and I can go out mm. the back gate without him even flinching now so which is really good Right. So your day-to-day -day life is, well, quite different. Oh, it is very different, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's always nice to catch you up. Keep up the good work, and uh, best regards to Tammy in the background. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Carrie from Hull has written to me because she's got a bit of a strained relationship with a dog too. And this one's a little different because the dog appears to be scared of her. Now, she says, 
I'm wondering if you can help me. My partner Simon's parents have got a chocolate Labrador called Phoebe. I first met her six years ago, but over the last 18 months, Phoebe's taken a dislike to me. When my partner and I visit, she does everything she can to escape upstairs out of the way. Bless her. Um, now, before this happened, she would run to the door with the other Labrador to greet me and receive loads of fuss. But now if I enter the house first, she doesn't acknowledge I'm there and only comes to see uh, if Simon is there too. So she goes and hides beneath the table or keeps as far away from me as possible, giving me side glances uh, like she's scared of me. I, I know what you mean. That's a good description. Um, I feel awful that this, this dog, for some reason, feels this way. And despite trying to fuss her uh, and give her lots of treats and bribes, once the treat's gone, she runs away and avoids me again. Now, that's interesting. I'm wondering what's changed that, because you've known her for six years, I think you say, altogether. This is only the last year and a half that it started to happen. So um, often in those cases, there was a moment, there was something that happened, and it, it may be you're not even aware of it, but at some point she's gone, whoa, scary lady, and that was that. The truth is you may never know, and even if you do know, if you dwell on it too much, it's not really helping you because you can't turn back the pages of time uh, and fix it at that moment. All you can do is deal with now. And dogs, by the way, are very good at living in the moment. You've probably heard that before. I always joke that nobody ever sent a dog on a mindfulness course because they're really good at just dealing with what's happening right now. So she's clearly got a problem with you. Um, which is a great shame and I'm I'm interested that it must be making you feel bad as well that you've taken the step to get in touch so there's a couple of things bouncing around my, my, my head so let me share those with you it sounds as though now she's scared and by the way your description is very good those sideways looks when you see a dog not moving their head but you see the, the, the white of their eye as their eyes sort of sort of track across to the side that is usually a scared thing you're trying to give a lots of fuss and and sort of take the treats to her the bribes is interesting you use that word but then she's running away and avoiding it so because she's a labrador i can see you thinking i guess which is labrador plus treat equals happy but i just think it's probably not the right way forward for whatever reason she thinks you're a bit scary and imposing you're coming after her and you know she's trying to get a little bit of space she's under the table at least she's not upstairs at this point and of course you come chasing after her and go look treats bribes and she's like well, i'll have a treat because i'm a labrador but i'm not happy most other dogs by the way probably wouldn't take a treat at that moment so the best reward with a nervous dog usually isn't food because if you think of a moment when you've been scared of something or very anxious and, and an example i often give is um if you're nervous of the dentist sat waiting in the dentist's um waiting room if somebody said ah oh, mate do you want a crisp you'd be like not now can't even think about food right now so i'd turn it on its head and allow her to approach you so don't chase her out from under the table. I know that's not how you think of it, but that's in effect what happens. She then goes upstairs. So I'd just come in and just hang around, right? The best thing you can probably do is nothing for a while. Maybe let Simon go in first. That's fine. You come in, you sit down. Um, the act of sitting makes you look less, less imposing, yeah, less scary. And if she comes towards you, then somebody else really should be praising her for that in the first instance is either simon or his parents so it's oh good girl oh well done you know she's like okay so the message to her is if you approach carrie then good girl phoebe well done if you're brave if you're inquisitive all of those things will be rewarded 
They could then drop her a, a treat if you want to use a treat. Might well work because she's a lab. And she's going, right, OK, so instead of hiding under here, I get nothing for it. Everybody ignores me. If I come forward, then great. And then perhaps you start to give the odd treat or you start to say, oh, good girl. Initially without making eye contact because that's a bit scary if your dog's nervous. And you build it up from there. Eventually you're looking at her going, oh, good girl. She's like, yeah, no, no, I can do this. So let her come to you. Let her have a sniff. Don't rush into putting your hand on the top of her head and giving her a fuss. So you just got to break things down into baby steps. I'm sorry it's come to this for you. It must be very upsetting. But the way to build things back really is very, very slowly. Well, a big thank you for being here with me today. Have you got a problem you could do with some advice on? Well, if it's, if it's dog-related, <laughs> I might just be able to help. Send an email or a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I'll do my very best to answer your questions soon. Well, thank you again so much, Ray. If you want to see for yourself just how quickly Henry picked up his training, well, you can watch that episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly on demand. It's on My5. And there are new episodes of the TV show every Tuesday on Channel 5. Now, before you go... Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. It might just be the one that you're in great need of. Now, until next week, look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.